No! 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 What? Because I was married for two fucking years! You're a cunt, Ryan. You cunt. You're a cunt, Ryan. No, sir, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. What's up, everybody? It's episode 101 of No Sir, I Don't Like It. I'm Carmen Morales. With me, as always, the very funny Brian Vokey. And hey. today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Earl Skakel. Hi, buddy. What's up? How are you? I keep it real. Let's get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I have He's... 10 things I don't like. I mean, to be honest with you, but like, I'm sure you guys could draw it out of me. Sure. Do you, you feel like you're at peace with yourself right now? I am now. Uh, for, for a comic, I live a nice life. I mean, I'm unknown, but I'm like, I have relative degrees of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you have stairs. Yeah, I've got yeah, more most people don't have stairs. The comic That's I know. true. Got two Unless bathrooms. you're going into a basement <laughs> with no windows. Uh, so, I, I mean, if we were to have this podcast five years ago, I probably would have been more disgruntled. It would have been two, a uh, two-parter for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what what has been bothering you lately? I don't care how insignificant it is. Comedy show flyers. Uh, this might be two different things, or I could loop them into one where it's literally fifteen comics on the flyer, but not one shot of them is on a stage. You know? Oh right. Oh yeah, it's a photo like of all the photo shoot pictures. Yeah, it's like them in an alley voguing it up. Uh, <laughs> right. Or a funny mic pick. You know, like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like how did you see the new, the new? Sebastian Maniscalco promo oh, on the Netflix. Spaghetti one? Yeah, where all of his microphone cord is spaghetti and he's got it looped around of a fork and shit and like yeah. But that's different because he's like the only comic on that show, like and he's Sebastian, but right. it, they're mainly like bar show f- flyers or like even some shows at like certain comedy clubs. Uh are you saying that it looks more like a runway than it does a promotion for a comedy show, like a fashion show? Well, like, I, I don't know, no, because none of them are that good looking, to be mm. honest with you. I mean, uh, but it's just, shouldn't some pictures be of someone on stage? Like, I think one flyer was for a Yoo-Hoo show. Mm-hmm. Uh, flappers which I <laughs> well that's the reason why is <laughs> you banned yourself from there <laughs> well, it's because got... a lot of those comics aren't comedians yet they're, a lot of times they're going on stage for the first time ever or they're actors or whatever well that's another thing that bothers me see like this could branch off into three different <laughs> subcategories but, sure uh, but that's one thing that bothers me is just like I don't think you should post a, a headshot an actor's headshot on a comedy flyer. I, I, it's just like, you're not a comic, you know, like you're, you're ripping people off with this show. It's true. Uh, especially with yeah, the improv forces, a lot of them on my lineups. Where so what do you run a show at the, in, improv? In the lab and the lab is where they put all the people who have good management that they know aren't good. Oh, so, yeah. so they'll be like, Hey, you got to put blah, blah, blah. up," And I'm like, ah, and they're like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, I'll get it. You're on the big bang theory. Cool. By the way, uh, this <laughs> podcast is brought to you by Brondell. Make sure you guys go to Brondell.com and get yourself a, a, to- a bidet toilet seat cover. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh huh. If you put in the promo code, no, sir, you get 20% off of your purchase. Well, I got to get a bidet first. 
Have you ever used one? Well, by accident. No, it is a bidet. That's what we're saying. That's, oh, yeah. I that even cover language always throws me off. Does it really? A bidet seat cover. That's what it's called. I, yeah, but they don't need to know the technical term because it you is can a buy bidet. a bidet attachment for your toilet. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, dope. so you don't need a whole mm-hmm. new thing. It just attaches. It just attaches to the water line, and then you can. They have the one we got. It has like heated seats, so you can get heated water as well. Heated so if water. it's cool, yeah, yeah. So if you want to clean your butt with warm water or hot water, you can do that. Well, I do that in the shower. I put it on uh, that setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the power jet setting. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It works great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes this works so good, I've almost taken a shit in the shower. I know what you mean. It's like a little enema because a lot yeah. of water's getting up there. It stimulates. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you take yeah. like a big poop, then then and then clean it out. It is there is straight up. It yeah. is like straight up like an enema. Yeah, that setting is called the civil rights hose. <laughs> oh, watch out! Watch out! It's right up your ass. I mean, well, I eat a lot of like protein and muscle stuff, so it's like it's fairly active back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do I can hear the listeners leaving right now. <laughs> well, we've talked about shit so much on this podcast because no. of our sponsor. There's I think no... it was more about his muscles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I took a shit in a bidet once because I didn't know what it was. My parents had one. Right. So that's that's not what we're dealing with. It's not a two t- separate thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you shit in the bidet. Yeah, that's, and that's I'm a like, mess. oh, there's no... It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Where's it go? And then I looked over at the toilet and go, oh, I think I got this reversed. Did you have to bare knuckle it out of there? No, we had a maid. I made her clean it up. <laughs> it's one of the privileges of being uh, white in the 70s. You know, <laughs> we had a lot of under the table yeah. people in our house. Hey, Juanita, I shit in the bidet. Yeah. <laughs> Not <Phyllis>. a gang. <laughs> Phyllis. Phyllis. Wait, did you have a white maid? No, we, she had a white name. Oh, oh. I was like, damn, how wealthy were you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't that wealthy, but we had a, a lot of weird people in our house because I know this isn't the theme of the podcast, but my dad was on business a lot overseas, so we had like people who would take care of us. We had a black guy named Leroy, mm-hmm. uh, a German lady who was world famous. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw her, but she was like uh, a skateboard She's like a 70, 80-year-old German skateboard lady who would was world famous. Like you'd go to like Germany and you'd see uh, postcards of her in Venice Beach because that was her shtick. She was like your size, mm-hmm. and but like old, and she could shred on a skateboard. Wow. Wow, that's cool. And she used to take care of you yeah. guys? Like she would skate with like Tony Hawk and Christian Asoy and all the... Jesus Christ. I'm not saying she was as good as they were, but she could hang with them. And she still had to have a day job. Yeah. Damn. You know, this is in the 70s and 80s where, you know. Oh, the X Games. This is pre-X Games. So nobody paid any attention to it. I mean, you had, you know, Tony Hawk. He he probably didn't make money back then. Right. Yeah. With with a Bones Brigade and shit. Yeah. I mean, maybe free skateboards, but you can't pay your rent. Wait, did you, you grew up out here? I grew up in Bel Air. But when I say that, everyone thinks, oh, you're rich. Uh, my long story short, my dad, Bel Air in like the 60s was just a hillside. There was no homes. There was nothing there. Right. So he had a house there, and then there was a Bel Air fire, which burned down every house there but ours. Wow. wow. Lucky best. Yeah, and then it became like. Yeah, a, multi-million dollar homes. You know, uh, OJ lived there, mm-hmm. and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and, and uh James Kahn and uh, so it was like being on a IPO of a tech stock that was just did you see OJ around oh yeah he used to throw me the football what as a kid 
Now, this is Bel Air, not Brentwood, because uh, he moved to Brentwood at some yeah. point. But uh, Kareem would uh, shoot baskets with me and my brothers. Not for a long time. He would just like take one shot. And, sure. Uh, and then uh, the drummer from the Stray Cats, uh, Slim Jim Phantom, he lived mm-hmm. with one of Rod Stewart's ex-wives right next to us. So, <laughs> I mean, it was a wild. <laughs> Will Chamberlain. Uh, I mean, it was a crazy neighborhood. We were like the Adams family. Right. Like we had like, our house was okay, but we had like tons of dogs and we had ducks and, uh, you know, pigs. and. I used to have ducks too. Ducks and chickens and. Yeah. The hell are you guys doing? That's crazy. But they're filthy. <laughs> ducks are filthy. They're so gross. Yeah. Because they, you know, their wings get wet and they, so if it's muddy out, they, you know, when they flop around, the mud goes everywhere. So I'm sure the rich people in our neighborhood were like, who are these freaks? So you had pigs in Bel Air. Yeah. Would you eat them? No, no. We, we had like a, a, like a fenced in area where all the animals would, you know, be with each other and like d- tons of dogs. I mean, so many dogs. Like cross species fucking? Uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> and when one dog would die, the next day we'd get a replacement dog. Like there was no grieving time. It was just wow. Like, okay, Freddie died. Let's go go. You know, to the mall. This is when they had pet stores and malls. Right. <laughs> just go pick one. So it's a weird upbringing. Yeah, that's. I mean, like that's normal for ninety eight percent of the country. But like picturing that in Bel Air is so crazy to me. It's the Beverly Hillbillies. You're literally yeah. the Beverly Hillbillies. It's the Beverly Hillbillies yeah. meets uh, the Adams family because you know we are. My brothers and sisters were wild. Like we jump off the roof of our house into the pool, which was a fairly significant jump. Like, yeah. Did anybody get- ever miss? Break their uh, arm? Oh or yeah, one of my cousins uh, jumped and uh, he landed on the. My my dad in the '60s was on the cover of Life magazine mm-hmm. because they did an article on the last great American man. They wanted to do an article on. <laughs> oh man, what a disappointment you are! Like, oh, I know. <laughs> hey, I was uh, finished third in roast battle. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big, it's a big fucking difference. That's a lot of pressure, though. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, this is, yeah, this is an FCC. You can say fuck. Oh, it's okay. okay. Well, I, I know. Like, uh, so he killed a. The article was on him going to a, somewhere like in Norway or somewhere and killing a, a great whale. Like, I mean, a whale, uh, like not a, like a little whale, but like, like he fought it. The, yeah. He killed it essentially with a, uh, spear. Oh, wow. Uh, Some Moby Dick shit. Yeah. Oh, and I'll show you guys the pictures later, but, uh, like I think the cover was him surfing the whale right before he killed it. Like Get the, whale, the fuck out of here. The whale wow. took him under like the whale. It was like jaws. Dude, like, but, I would fuck your dad. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I don't know if he would let you, but like, uh, no, it doesn't sound like he would let me. <laughs> well, like been he for a- twenty years, so you probably could at this point uh, make a fucking carpet out of me. But one of our cousins uh, missed the pool and landed on the at the side of the pool. We had a pretty big pool; it wasn't Olympic size, but it was fairly large. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's tough. That though. sucks, dude. But the sides of the pool were the whale's jawbones. Wow. It shows you how big the whale was. Wow. So people would sit on the, the jawbone. Like it was like a cool, like almost Flintstone type of like. <laughs> wow. Uh, Dude, you're kind of reminding me of, have you ever seen pictures of Melanie Griffin growing up with lions? Yeah. I mean, it's very, uh, we had a stuffed polar bear, bear, <laughs> uh, like life size that my dad killed in Alaska. 
Peta would hate my dad. Right, 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 right. And like, but he's the, doing it with his hands. Yeah, he didn't like. There, there was no assault rifles back then. There was no uh, like. Did he use advanced weaponry? How did he get the bear with a bow or a, or a gun? A uh, bow, and uh, then um, finished it off with a hand. Fin- finished it off with a. But I, I, you know, I'm not sure. He probably choked it to death or something. <laughs> And our whole pool room, which is the, the TV room, was probably ten different animals' heads. You know, like deer. So he's heads. a big game guy. Yeah, he okay. was like, and you're like, a, you were like a hair metal guy, right? So you wearing yeah. like lipstick and shit around yeah, well, him. Well, I was uh, <laughs> a lot of eye makeup. <laughs> we didn't, uh, you know, he was a weird dad. Like we bonded over golf. Sure, because he was like a, a a scratch golfer. Right, like he was good at everything, but his golf swing was. Very unorthodox. Sure. He was like... The, he would just shoot the ball? <laughs> he would like do this weird wind up where any golf instructor would have been like, what are you doing? Like, you can't like... You can't do that. That's yeah, not that's going n- to work. That's not going to... Yeah. Uh, but he was like, uh, you know, happy Gilmore. Like, yeah, just pure like, testosterone and yeah, ball. He, he took a half of a swing, basically, and could outdrive anybody. Um, he could outdrive pros. Did he uh, used to golf with OJ? Because that's in the neighborhood. No, OJ wasn't allowed at Bel Air Country Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that's right. This is the sixty. Well, for the first time ever, I'm going to say poor OJ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they wouldn't let Michael Jordan join at one point. Wow! And I believe to this day, of course, I'm sure it's a little more. Uh, their membership uh, entrance fee might be a little more open to ethnicities. Now. Probably not OJ though. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> probably still not OJ. <laughs> we don't want that riffraff in here. <laughs> I mean, that was another wild. I mean, that was my high school. Basically, was Bel Air Country Club because I wasn't. I was very shy and like whatnot, and kind of sheltered as a kid, so I could go to Bel Air Country Club and play golf. And but the people who were up there were so it was like Caddyshack. Right. Like there was racist up there. There was just like degenerate gamblers, loan sharks. They had a card room where just high end hundred thousand dollar poker games. Holy fuck, I mean it was dude. a while. I know this has nothing to do with the theme. I don't the care, man. No, this no, is this so is interesting. interesting. Yeah. So it's a loose theme. Okay. I mean Yeah, just do your thing. This you is know. very interesting. Well, I, I mean I hate racism, which I first was exposed to up at Bellar Country Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. that i I've never experienced wealthy racism because I have a very white trash family. Right. So their racism is way less threatening because they don't have any influence. You know, they're hating like people they're next to in the same lines for the same things as opposed to looking down on people. I mean, rich racists are, you know, I mean, I was just, wow, this this is wild. The the frequent use of the N word, like it was like saying hello. And even when my dad died, he was pretty sick for a while. So we had to have this huge black kid take him to the bathroom and stuff because he was the only one strong enough to, carry him from the bed to the bathroom like he was this massive 17 18 year old black kid he's like Shaq, right not quite that big but like pretty pretty close ballpark yeah. sure and so when my dad died at his not party but like i don't know after the funeral get together like mm-hmm. all my dad's friends were like hey boy go get me a drink and i'm like are you crazy this guy could snap your neck in two seconds and he's the guy who helped my dad like yeah couple, like right but it was just like and that was in 1998 or 99 so are you serious like, so this is not like <laughs> 73 not that it would have been better if it was but like so I that's I hate racism yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy given my character on roast battle 
was called the house racist. Oh, no, that makes sense to me. I mean, you grew up around it, so you're going to be quick with those kind of jokes, and it's ironic. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing. You're was, sitting next to, uh, yeah, you know... Brian Moses, who's black. <laughs> and, and the Saudi prince. Yeah. Which I find it more racist when he was... I guess he doesn't do it anymore. No, I haven't seen him there. Yeah. So, But I found it more racist that he was doing it. In this day and age, I think Arab and Muslim and right. Middle Eastern people are, you know, in some corners of America are not looked at favorably. So I thought having a white guy do it was like not funnier, but less racist. Like, I mean, I guess it's like a tough argument to make one way or the other. Right, right, right. You know, so I found talking- it more offensive that he was doing it. Yeah, yeah. Earl used to be, uh, there's a show called Roast Battle where. Uh, I do it a lot where we make fun of each other and say mean things and Earl would be in the front row and he, he, would, he was called the house racist. <laughs> but I mean, I was basically doing an impression of someone who used to work at the store. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So and it's just funny that that got me on TV basically. Right. Like yeah. his racism, which was pretty blatant, <laughs> uh, um, got ended up getting me pretty much every TV gig I've gotten since then. Like, through <laughs> Roast Battle, I got... So you can't hate racism too much, right? I mean... Well, I hate it because... <laughs> you know... It's uh, given you everything you've ever wanted. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but... <laughs> like, through Roast Battle, the Showtime, uh, the I'm Dying Up Here producer saw me. He's like, who's that guy? And then uh, Tyler, the creator, you know, saw me and said, I want this guy to be my dad on my cartoon, mm-hmm. which is funny because it's an all-black cartoon. Sure. I'm right. the only white guy on it. And his dad is a Nigerian. So are you playing a Nigerian? I know his real dad is a Nigerian. I'm playing a black guy. Yeah. I just remember he has a song where he goes, fuck you, dad, you Nigerian fuck. And I was like, I really like that line. Oh, he keeps it real. <laughs> I thought I kept it real. Tyler really keeps it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even on that show, someone, uh, I put up a clip of it uh, on Instagram because this next season's coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, some black lady was like, you're racist. You're using this show as a uh, tool for your uh, racism and misogynistic uh, views. I'm like, it's what? an all-black show. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're like one of nine guys, white guys in America who has a black boss. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the character right there. Some fan made this. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, you're playing a redhead. Well, a redhead black dude. Yeah. So, Blake uh, Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> Who got on Roast Battle? Good right. for him. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't know what network is that show on? The, the Blake Griffin Roast no, Battle? No, 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 no. Oh, that's on Adult Swim. Adult Swim. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I, I got very lucky. He was Gerard Carmichael brought him up to Roast Battle one night, and I was making fun of him, crossing the line, you might say. Sure. And got work. Well, I saw him talking to Gerard uh, in the hotel driveway at the mm-hmm. Andaz, and uh, I said, oh, he's friends with Gerard. I better apologize to him. You know, I don't want to burn bridges with Carmichael. Right. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, I'm sorry about that stuff. You know, the host, I totally threw Moses under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Moses told me to say all that stuff. He's like, mine. Yeah. You might. Yeah. and I'm like hey can I call you that as bodyguard or whoever this guy was was like no I'm like oh, sorry I'm sorry so although I hate racism it's gotten me a lot of work a lot of work dude your childhood is tripping me out man 
I mean, I'm cutting back on some of the wacky stories. Just cause. well, no, I, it's just it's funny because like I look around, and I see just all this like poison, kiss, anthrax, and I just pick like all that stuff is so like androgynous in the way it looks. And picturing your dad surfing whales while stabbing them with spears, yeah, like, that must have been a little hard for him to see you in leather pants and stuff. He's like, "Did you kill that leather?" My uh, dad probably did. <laughs> <laughs> these leather pants. My dad got made me these leather pants. <laughs> but it was the age. 80- though it's a it's a different like you know mtv was just right. you know, a, a baby network so and then all these metal bands were just lucky that their shtick was visual and here's this right. visual entity like rat you know probably doesn't make it if they came out in the 90s where mtv didn't really do a lot of videos right, right or certainly bands now don't make it because there's no outlet well there's youtube i guess you can make your own video but uh, but even then, it's still not like a it's not like a, a fike specific finite place for you to go to. Like you would have to look, you would have to know right. about the band already specifically right. to find it. You know, like, uh, it's way harder. There's a Christian metal band called Striper. Of course, <laughs> I, I actually have for briefly was in a band called Striper. Was Striper is located in the Christian section? Oh, really? Because in every CD store where I grew up, they it, where Striper was supposed to be, it would say Striper is located in the Christian section, and so we just started a band called Striper is located in the Christian section, which is the worst band name ever. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I <laughs> kind of did. So long. It was just a goof. You know? Yeah, uh, but like they were such a visual. Like they had a platinum record based on really how they looked. In their videos, they had like a bumblebee thing going. They had a black and yellow bumblebee <laughs> like bodysuit, and uh, the the drummer's kit. Uh, he did the Night Ranger thing where it, he didn't face the crowd; he was to the side. Mm-hmm. So you know his whole cymbals and and all the snares and bass drums were black and yellow. Like it was, it was a very interesting visual. So were you like a Sunset Strip kid? Oh yeah. You were running around doing all that stuff, watching Motley Crue. It's hard to explain to people your guys' age right. what the Sunset Strip was like, and I sound so old saying this because my parents were like, "You should have been around when Elvis was like how." Yeah, but like the Strip was it was like an ant farm of horny people. And- <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, it's a, well, not it's- to mention the copious amounts of coke that was going around at that time too, right? So, I mean, it, but it's so hard to describe. Like you take the comedy store on the hottest night, like roast battle night where right. all three rooms are sold out. And it's like an ant farm of just people going through the kitchen in the back area. That was the whole sunset strip. Like from the comedy store to Doheny, that club one Oak, you know where one Oak is? Yeah. 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 That used to be Gazari's, which is where Van Halen started. It's where rat started. So from there to the comedy store was just girls who look like guys. One girl's hotter than the next all trying to bone each other. And this was before the internet. So like, you know, you have a show mm-hmm. this weekend, you have your yeah. backyard show tomorrow night. You put out an Instagram post and Hey, I'll be here back then. If you had a show, you had to go and put it on uh, the light poles. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Telephone poles and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So poison would do that. And then five minutes later, warrant would come and put their flyers over poison's flyers. <laughs> the, I was so, it was all super petty and stuff oh like that when they're advertising. <laughs> poison would double back and go, wait, where are flyers? And then rat would put their flyer. Like it was like, that's how you had to. So it was like, 
that energy plus everyone trying to fuck uh it's not like that now like you walk sunset or drive through, it's like oh yeah nobody's ever fucked me on sunset <laughs> well you know walking in the right parts <laughs> walk east of la brea you won't have a problem <laughs> so but there was no netflix back then you know so if you wanted to go out and and see you know dice clay or kennison you have to actually leave your house you know now you could just turn on sebastian special on netflix and watch it you know and not leave you yeah the only option was live entertainment yeah like yeah. I saw dice. which is why late night mattered so much because then it was like oh i can go see this person live yeah you know? and you know it was uh you know bands would market themselves to chicks because they knew if the chicks were there the guys would want to be there like, right brilliant marketing you know to like poison for example uh, and I'm sure this will be the last time you guys talk about poison on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> for good reason. But like they were so good looking and made up like chicks that every girl wanted to get with them. And then the guys were like, well, they can't. They can only fuck four guys in that band. So. <laughs> if you know, I tease my hair enough, why? maybe they won't know the difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, every, the whole crowd looked like hot chicks and guys trying to look like Brett Michaels and CC DeVille. And then. They poison would be like, "Hey, we'll be at the rainbow after." So everyone would go to the rainbow, and then no one, not everyone, could get in. So, oh, Dice Clay's at the comedy store. We'll go there, and Kennison's there, and so it's just like it, the shuffling back and forth on Sunset was just. It, I can't describe. And were you going down there like every night? Oh, of course. Yeah, dude. You know, I was. <laughs> one of, oh, yeah. Know, there's only one Stephen Piercy from Rat. He only has one dick. So, right. girls, I'm not Stephen Piercy, but he's busy. So, did that work for you? I mean, you know, I, I do all right with girls. So. Yeah, you did all right. I mean, you know, I'm not for a non-celebrity. Uh, I, I had a nice run. Yeah, <laughs> you're a sober guy too. Oh uh, yeah, see, I did all this sober. Like, That's, That's what I'm saying. It's like everybody else was like. The, the copious amounts of cocaine that were, were there was literally like lines on the strip itself like it was so much coke going on then but it was for so you to be open. a sober person huh it was so open like people doing coke and, and just sex was open like you'd go in the rainbow and people would be fucking in the kitchen and you would be like oh people fucking in the kitchen oh, oh okay cool. yeah <laughs> it's gonna lower their uh, rating on the uh, health inspection <laughs> yeah. well, I think they were owned by the mob back then so I don't think too many people complained uh, <laughs> Like there were never fights at the rainbow. Really? You just knew. So the rainbow is uh, Lemmy's hangout from mm-hmm. Motorhead. And uh, have I told that story about Lemmy? My friend went to the rainbow to f- specifically to fuck Lemmy. And uh, this is. Oh, yeah. I remember. Is this. she black? No. That was his thing. Oh, okay. Well, he took her home and she, uh, she pulled out a condom and he was like, oh, honey, this hasn't worked in years. And he just ate her out. Like a gentleman. Well, what a good guy, right? It's a sweetheart. Yeah. Well, I used to date the uh, female manager of Motorhead uh, for six years. So I what? He Jesus, l- Earl. So <laughs> why? I mean, for someone who's never done drugs, I've lived an amazing life. Yes. Like, and Lemmy lives. That's why you're lived, one of the few still alive to talk yeah. about it. Everybody yeah. else is dead. <laughs> um, lives uh, on a street called Harrod, mm-hmm. which is right. Uh, it's like two blocks that way. So they would always, you know, when they couldn't get a hold of him, their management, uh, it's managed by two people, uh, my ex and another dude, they'd be like, Earl, you got to go over there. Like, and I'd be like, wow, I don't want to be the one who finds Lemmy dead. Like, and uh, every time 
he would be by the pool in his jean cut off. Yep, I have a poster of those. Yeah, him and it's those. those same. Believe me, it's the same jeans. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have more than one. He pair. does not have multiple <laughs> pairs. Like I've got three or four pairs of leather pants. I sw- alternate on. Yeah. Uh, Lemmy did not believe in fashion, uh, <laughs> or at least multiple uh, multiples. He, right, right, right. One pair of black corduroy jeans, one pair of white cowboy boots, and every time he'd be with a black stripper at the pool. Wow. And then one time they asked me, Shelly was like, hey, can you go over to Lem's? They were in, on the road. You know, That's the only way they really made money. I mean, they, their t-shirt sales were through the roof. Sure, yeah. Everyone wants a motor. I've gone through like five of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, it's a great logo. Uh, yeah. But they had to tour constantly. Uh, and so they would do a lot of European things. And uh, Aero, will you go get uh, his mail? I'm like, well, where is it? Well, it's on the top dresser drawer, uh, the key. So I go over there, and Lemmy's place, uh, I, I'll, it's like describing the strip. It's impossible to describe. You could not see the floor. There, he was a pack rat. Like I've seen the documentary on him, and they, they film in that. They must have cleaned the it. Same, it's the same place. It, that didn't do it justice. Like To be in there live, there was trees. He had like these plants. That, it was like a jungle. He had trees in his house? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, he, he loved you know vegetation. <laughs> so it's like... And uh, books, thousands of books. A lot of Nazi stuff. See yeah, that? he had Hitler's China. So, and he was That's a video probably why he had a tour so much. That was probably really expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's memorabilia. I mean, you know, that's probably uh, $100,000, Hitler's China, to someone who like collects that. So I go over there, I open up the dresser drawer, and hundreds of Polaroids fall out. And I start panicking, going, oh, I don't want Lemmy to think I was looking around. So I start picking up the pictures, and I start looking at them. <laughs> and there are pictures of Lemmy getting blown <laughs> by various women. Like, oh, this is gross. And so I start panicking. I'm like, Gr-. And then I start looking at, and they're all in the same spot, these pictures. And then I look down at the ground, and I'm standing in the spot. Oh, <laughs> and then I Was freeze. the floor sticky? <laughs> oh, I, I literally freeze. And then I start looking around, and there's a camera there. There's a camera, you know, head-on shot, and there's a camera to the right. <laughs> and I like literally, like, I froze. But you know, Lemmy was an interesting dude. Does he watch all that? You, you know, I don't know what he did. I feel sorry when he passed. That uh, they, everybody found out. Well, I had to be as the usher. At his funeral. What? Dude, you don't know how much I love Motorhead. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> I mean, well, because uh, my ex, and, and you know, like we were talking, I'm friendly with most of my exes. She mm-hmm. called me up and she's like, hey, uh, we need you to be the usher at Lemmy's funeral because it's going to be all these rock and rollers and you're going to be the only one who knows who they are. And uh, so I could also the only one healthy enough to like (laughs) to carry his ass, yeah. Yeah. You know the red rope. uh, So sure enough, I was like, "Oh, that's the guy from Metallica. He's supposed to sit there." And oh, that's Gene Simmons. He sits there, and and then oh, Slash is here. He sits over there next to the guy from Judas Priest because they're friends. And and then you know, three weeks later, uh, Wendy Dio was in charge of the funeral. Uh, really, Ronnie Dio's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. wife, <laughs> and so the bass player from Dio died. His name was Jimmy Bain, and Wendy Dio calls up my ex and goes, 
get that guy back who is the usher because we're going to need him for this one too to make sure no, <laughs> make sure people so sit in the right place you yeah, were just getting just, contracted out because you're like you know who the um, feuds yeah. and all that shit it's like, so oh, like there's Vivian Campbell from Def Leppard he's supposed <laughs> to speak so put him over there and there's Triple H the wrestler and put him put because he was a big you know rock and roll fan so. right but probably the coolest thing at Lemmy's funeral was uh, they buried uh, Lemmy in a display that sits right across from Dio. Oh. So they're like looking at each other. And Dio's tombstone is like a stage. Like, Where is this? It's uh, the Forest Lawn on, yeah. uh, I think, San Fernando Road. Right, right, right. I think yeah, yeah. anyone can Over go. by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Dio's headstone is probably the size of this wall. I gotta go see it. Oh, it's great. I think anyone can see it. Yeah. Like, and then uh, they had to get a special uh, permission from the cemetery because Dio has the devil horn right. thing on his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but we go up there to say goodbye to Lemmy, and it's only like a couple of us, the managers, and then Dave Grohl is next to me, and I'm not name dropping. It's just, it's, you know, it's who was there, uh, and he's just bawling, crying because he, right. he loved Lemmy. Of course, like they were like homies, right? So right, right, right. Kinda, Well, they not, did that band, right? Probot, right? Yeah, but, yeah. And so it was like not neat, but like it's kind of like wow, this is it's a mind fuck. It's Dave, Grohl. yeah, like, yeah. You wouldn't think Dave Grohl would be sad about anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's Dave true. Grohl. I don't feel like he does have a lot I of. I bet feelings. there's one thing he's very sad about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Cobain blowing his brains out. Yeah. But he's, I don't know, he, man. He, I think he bounced back pretty far. He might have been better off. I mean, like, he seems like he's having a good life. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he pivoted well. The other guy, I, I can't say his name, Novoselic. Chris Novoselic. He seems Novoselic. Like, well, those guys are probably so loaded from publishing that he might be happy planning gardens yeah, i mean that's just what he is he's like a weird lefty political activist guy who like grows moss and you know like, <laughs> grows like moss like spanish moss like, yeah, the, I, like the shit that hangs in trees he's a hippie he's like a hippie dude <laughs> he's like a six foot ten hippie but some um, of those guys like you know you always get fucked over on your first album because you have no money so you give right. away basically all your rights like quiet riot like i'm not putting them in nirvana's uh you know, category of fame, but you know, their first album, so like 5 million records is the only heavy metal album to debut at number one. Right. Cause of come on, feel the noise. I mean, that's something even Zeppelin didn't do, uh, mm-hmm. but they got no money on that album because they basically said, yeah, we're desperate here. We just want to make a record. Yeah, just please just put it out. So they might, Nirvana might not actually have that. I mean, they did well with other albums after their first album, but you know, Dating someone from the music business was a fascinating. So look. you never had any ambitions to play music. I have no musical talent, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Like my friend drums for Slash, and he's a brilliant musician. He can he does keyboards. His drums are his main thing. He can play the guitar better than most guitarists. He tried to teach me. He's like, no, no. there's nothing there. Stick to comedy at all. <laughs> when did you start comedy? Uh, yeah, I, so long ago that I, I honestly don't remember. Like, it, I, I'll guess I've been doing it close to 20 years, but, but I would say maybe late 99. Mm-hmm. I started doing open mics and I went to the comedy store and I saw Brody Stevens, who I now love, but he was hosting Potluck and oh he made God. an open micer cry. Wow. Really? <laughs> this guy bombed pretty bad. Right. But back the you know, you guys are getting the good comedy store. Back in that era, it was. She is. I'm not. 
But I <laughs> well, you're accepted up there. You're you're like you're the first like, time I ever did my first open mic. Uh, why'd of you my, cut off my compliment? Oh, what? I was about to get a compliment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but like, tell him. Tell him. He needs this. Tell you're him. at the same spot I was. Like when I wasn't passed up there. Like right. everyone loved me. Yeah. You're almost an unpassed paid regular to me. Like I look at you and go, you belong here. Uh, okay, now Aww. now what are you gonna say? <laughs> well, but I believe that. me, not everyone is like that. Like I look at some of these roast battle comics walking around. Right. It's like you're not part of this scene. You're yeah. <laughs> well, if there wasn't a roast battle, they wouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Or well, if they'd be those, there, they'd just be yeah. sitting on the patio taking up space. Like there's a very big difference. Like that place, some people just don't have enough respect for it. Like I tell people this all. I tell comics this all the time. I go, if you're going to hang out at the comedy store, go to hang out with a purpose. Like you want to talk business with somebody you want to do. But I was like, these cretins that loiter there, nothing good ever happens to them. And I love roast battle, mm-hmm. but like I, I'm speaking more of the comics who do it more than the show, but sure. you know, they think it's their way in. It's like, you know, if you, if you look at that particular show, like, I have never seen the talent coordinator watch. He used to back in the day, but there was one night and I can't speak for Adam, but I, I could tell that this was the night that may have been the tipping point for him of like, uh, I'm, I'm not into this. And there was a certain person who was sitting in the VIP area and she wouldn't get up for him. And this person is she's not a comic. She's, uh, I believe, is in management. <laughs> I think you, you guys, you guys can see this smirk on the girl's face. It's so good. Um, uh, and it was like, wait a minute. You shouldn't be sitting there over me. I mean, I don't know if that's what Adam was thinking. But, right. Mm-hmm. And there was someone else sitting up there that probably shouldn't have been. This was back when the VIP area was like really a VIP area. Right, right. Like yeah. Chappelle and mm-hmm. John Mayer and, yeah. uh, you know, Whoever, I mean, any of Jeff's f- famous friends. Den- I think Dennis Rodman came in one time when I was doing it. Like, it was just like, that was where, and I think that's where a lot of them, like, just know, oh, this is a cool thing I can go hang out and do. You he know sat what I mean? in my lap that night. Did he really? Because <laughs> he was very high on more he was, than just booze. Yeah, there sure. was a lot of pills. And the chicks he was with were really fucked up, too, because yeah. they kept interrupting the show. Yeah, and I kept calling him Ron Artest. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and I, I mean, you know, so he starts walking over to me, and he's a big fucking guy, man. Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah. He, just, like, like, he almost doesn't fit guy. in the belly room. That's yeah. how tall he is. But I mean, like, he's, because he used to be in the wrestling. Like, he did mm-hmm. the. He also used to be in the NBA fucking. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> Obviously, he's big. <laughs> so he starts walking over to me, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to fight Dennis Rodman. Like, where do I hit him? Like, I, I'm looking at his chin going, if I can get in one shot kick clean. his pussy yeah. <laughs> yeah well that was the next shot kick yeah. him in the balls and yeah. he'd run uh, but he just sat in my lap he's like I love you man like, we're good he did because he was so fucked up he came down and he was like he was like no no let me say something he, and he just got on the mic and was just like this is really cool like he didn't say he made it seem like he was going to be so aggressive right. and then he wasn't at all it was really strange but I mean that drugs he's doing open mics in Orange County now well, I don't know. Uh, well, he's on stage. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's doing, yeah, yeah. We're saying the same thing. <laughs> he's going to open mics and standing he's on in stage. He's in a room with stage. his microphone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you, 
getting back to the store, like, you know, these people who like are ranked number eight in the roast battle rankings, like, I'm in. It's like, no, you're out. Yeah, I mean, yeah this isn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with stand up. Joe's been here for five years. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not in by now through the show, you're not in. Like, they don't care if you're going to Houston to battle right. another open mic or it's Adam's not keeping tabs yeah. of the roast battle Houston. No. Show. Dude, I mean, could you, you imagine if Adam every Monday he's just like, well, where's the roast report? Yeah. I want to know who. Let me look I want the damn roast report on my desk by 9 a.m., goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> he turns into Lyndon Bates Johnson for some reason. Let me look at the verbal violence rankings. <laughs> oh, shit. Mark the Shark is number 17. <laughs> Dude, one time uh, I was at the comedy store uh, with a girl, and you were great. You were very helpful. Oh, no, he's a good wingman. You're a good wingman. Oh, I'm the best. Yeah, you really are. Like, well, I don't like. Uh, I, I'm a giver. Like, I want to see uh, my friends do well. Uh, you know, with women comedy. So yeah, I was in the hallway. The and uh, you were like, "Are you with this guy?" And uh, she was like, "Yeah." She goes, "This guy's great. He's one of the funniest comics I know." But you are though. But dude. then you said uh, your name. You something something. I run this place. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's it's your my, What's your name when you? My fake name when I'm trying to like hook a brother up. <laughs> Yeah. If you've ever seen the movie Meatballs, uh, yeah. Bill Murray's name, uh, he gives a fake name to a TV reporter. Uh-huh. He said, I'm Jerry Aldini. <laughs> <I'm> Jerry. <laughs> yeah, he go, I'm Jerry Aldini. I run this yeah. place. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need. Uh, you know, the helicopter pad's upstairs. So. <laughs> yeah, that night turned out great. So thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Earl. <laughs> but I, I try to uh, foster and communicate uh you know, my friends to, uh, you know, that sometimes comedy pays and not in dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's a little, it was a little nerve wracking walking around that place with a lady. Cause you, I didn't know if I was going to get just destroyed by friends, but they were actually all very nice and very helpful. So. Well, that's, you know, uh, the store is uh, like the bar in Star Wars. I mean, I, <laughs> I would recommend people not bring girls up there or meet a first date or just exactly some girl you want to pork. Uh, yeah. Just cause the, uh, the werewolves are out there. Like, <laughs> I've lost every girlfriend I've had to that place. <laughs> directly or indirectly it's uh, great to walk to walk a chick through that place on the oh, way out the somewhere but then don't ever stay there don't spend yeah. any kind of time there oh you're friends with Earl he's great have you ever seen the belly room he's, oh. I think he's up there right now uh, <laughs> you know it's so uh <laughs> that's what I don't like to bring it back to this <laughs> the theme to a degree and I'm sorry that we've talked about one thing oh I no it's like. all good uh, no this is great man you know it's a, you can't bring a girl up to the comedy store without fear of her getting uh, shown the podcast studio <laughs> <laughs> there's only two areas now that don't have cameras the, so, podcast, the studio. podcast studio in the green room. And, well, no, well, yeah, I guess that doesn't. But there's too many people that loiter in that the green room area, that belly room, green room. Is yeah, that the, yeah. like you can go back there, uh, but uh, oh, I meant the main room, green room, where the where the the glass the mirror piano is. Right, <laughs> but there is a camera, I believe, that shows people walking into that room. Yeah. So uh, you know, I'm always like, did anyone see me? Uh, you know, because there's like 40. No one will ever get to be in the manager's office, but you know they have a, a like a Houston Space Center setup. Yep. But there's a lot of screens they have to look at. But you know, 
there's one other area where there's no cameras. It's some nights it's like uh, a deli takeout line. There's so many guys <laughs> up there waiting to get their turn. Uh, but really, God, there's so much going on around there that I don't even see. Well, it's such a big, uh, yeah. like you drive by it and you don't realize how big. Yeah, it, does, it's, it seems way smaller than it is. Yeah. It's not to mention it's because of all of the hallways and stuff right. like that, all of the different ways to go through mm-hmm. it. I remember um, they actually made us do active shooter training because of the shooting that happened. There was a shooting that happened in front of the comedy store not that long ago. And so we go through, have to go through active shooter training. And the guy that like runs the training, he's like, this place is a nightmare for anything horrible that happens because of all of the secret passageways and this and that like he goes there's so many but it's great for you to have a place to hide because a random person who is unfamiliar with that place they don't know you can hide upstairs or in the rafters and like you know go you can cut through the back it's like Harriet um, Tubman's dream (laughs) oh watch out well I was there that night the roast battle was going on that Mm -hmm. night and uh, this is something that never gets talked about Uh, me and Tiffany Haddish were roasting each other because she was a judge i was the house racist and we got into it playfully and that added probably about 10 to 15 minutes of bullshit time or else we all would have been down there when that happened and that guy died right he was murdered yeah right? he, he was, was and yeah. They never caught the guy uh and uh it was crazy because did the or keep rolling i think the uh they took the next night off and then uh that thursday it was back in business but that night you know <laughs> the security guy came up the back stairwell and this was back when roast battle was crazy mm-hmm. so you didn't know what was real what wasn't he you could tell he had a very somber look on his face it's like, okay this is it's got to be a bit and he's like nobody can leave the room and jeff ross said the f- funniest thing he's like why did someone get shot or something <laughs> oh my god and then Meyerwitz the autistic kid yep he must have been on Twitter or something and someone sent out a tweet he's like yeah somebody did get shot <laughs> and then a black girl sitting in the back instantly it was the greatest timing to have these three lines happen he's like uh how's this gonna affect our parking <laughs> <laughs> And it was just those three comments within five seconds. And, uh, and then, you know, we, I thought, wow, they're coming up here to kill me. I really thought that, oh, the house racist. Maybe they're. Yeah, a building full of comics. Every one of you thought it was about you. <laughs> all, of the, all of you thought it was about you. Every comic yeah. is the center of their own universe. Well, realistically, <laughs> and my first thing that popped into my head was, okay, it's someone who doesn't like the house racist, because it was a pretty wacky character. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I'm starting to go, should I climb over the security guy and go down to the back stairwell? Should I go over and just run over Coach T to get to the entrance? And they're like, well, what if they're here to kill the wave? Because it was the all-Negro wave. Right. And they called it something else back then. Yep. Maybe they're a white guy who doesn't like the wave. And there's all these thoughts going into my head. And then that could have been much worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. So of course it could have been it was a shooting. But I mean, shooting. If, if it wasn't for me and Tiffany uh, like doing our roast battle type of you know banter, yeah, that show would have been over. So we would have all back then. There was no back area where people would uh, like there is now. People right. would engage in uh, various uh, nefarious activities, uh, nefarious uh, smoke uh, mm-hmm. type of uh, refreshment. <laughs> uh, so we would all go to the front bar. Like the mm-hmm. front bar, there'd be two hundred people in that front bar just loitering about and whatever so it, was, it could have been much worse wow yeah so I heard in that active shooting that uh, Guan picked up a 10 seater table and threw it through a door and broke it 
he, yeah, we had to do like this training where we have to re- like we have to act like there is a shooter there, and like you would have to show them how you would react uh, to this situation happening, and um, and they were like talking about somebody's gonna like natural leaders will like try and take initiative and stuff like that and so I was like all right cool so then we go to do it and I start telling everybody to get away from the door for us to put tables in front of it so he can't get into it and then while I'm saying that Guam picks up a 10-seater table and throws the table at the double doors propping it up like it, it hits the the crash bar opens it and now now the door is is ajar and we can't close it because there's a huge fucking table in the way and now the shooter's coming down the hallway so like guam gets shot and the guy the guy doing the training says this is the first time ever, anyone has ever gotten shot during this run through and it's because and then he goes because he, he throws it it, sh- it props the door open then he's like i'm a hero and then the shooter shoots him what is guam yeah <laughs> those, are, those are great last words. I'm a hero. Boom. Yeah, not anymore. No. <laughs> it was I mean, I so ridiculous. The business offices, because there's no way anyone who's not familiar with that building would even uh, know that they're up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never even been in the main room, green room. Oh, it's it's, oh, it's, it's cool to see where Kim's, Pryor uh, did all of the coke at. Right. Same table. Yeah. Same, uh, they, haven't, yeah, they haven't repaired it. It still has a big crack in it. It's still... Well, maybe you can get on Brian Monarch's show. <laughs> Hang out there. No, I mean... I'm, yeah, I'm, there's, there's, a, there's like with that place, uh, I try not to go anywhere. Like there's so many hanger-ons running around there. I try not to push it with the amount of space I take up. And yeah, I, but you're accepted up there. Like I know, but you know, and I think that's part of the probably the reason why is because I'm not pushing it. Well, know? but I think you don't. I, I rarely see you up there drinking. Like Mm-mm. you know, I think that's the problem for most of these hanger on types. They go up there and they they just drink and smoke weed. Like there's one particular dude, and I don't want to out the guy, but all he does is just smoke weed up there. He's a comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, what are you doing? You think Adam's going to poke his head back here and go, oh, you're smoking weed. You're cool. <laughs> right. Like, get on a stage. Like when it's also, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the number Tell one, jokes. Cl- it's the number one club in the country. Yeah. Like, and that's not me puffing it up. No, you're hundred percent right. No, I it's mean, accurately the number one club in the country. I mean, you might argue the seller in New York, uh, you know, or but- they're neck. I think I would say they're neck and neck. Yeah. I don't even know if they're neck and neck as far as like, I, you can sell out Madison Square Garden with any Tuesday night lineup. Oh my God. At, at the comedy store. Sell out Madison Square yeah. Garden. Yeah. Well, it's I don't also. Know if you can do that with a There's also Maybe a difference. I'm wrong. Well, I like to stand in New York because they gave me my first spot ever in New York. So I, but you know, the seller, the stand. The, but the know. seller's also like a 120 seater. Like yeah. the seller has a reputation that is much larger than the actual venue space. Whereas right. the comedy store has three different rooms, three shows happening all the time. When people come up to the store, I am constantly reminding them, oh no, there's three shows happening at the same time all the time. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we're here for comedy. Yeah. You got to be more specific, motherfucker. There's a lot of fucking comedy happening right. here all the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The main room lineup I was on the other night was like, I, I don't even know if I should be on this lineup. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is fucking. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm going to have to go to the A material early. <laughs> Which is a problem because I don't have any A material. <laughs> you just have a material. I'm gonna have, I have material. <laughs> But you know, <laughs> but you grow so fast up there, like yeah, because you, you have, have to. to. Like even yeah. Rogan was like, you can't really do new material there because it's like 
you can't take the risk. Yeah, you got to do well. I mean, they can like Burr or Rogan, but like me, I, I do a lot of the same jokes because it's like I got to do what works. I mean, yeah, you can't do the new. Sh- you can't do the new shit in the main room. At I mean, late night. You know, if you're going on right before Brody or, or Brian Holtzman, you could probably get away with maybe a few minutes of you know uh, shtick. But uh, it's it's. I've never grown so fast as a comic in the last couple of years. Dude, I was watching Brian Holtzman film something in the main room the other He's, day. And he was doing some psycho fucking jokes like he does. He's probably the most psycho comedian oh, I've yeah. ever seen. And he goes, he starts screaming at what's the matter with you people. But the funniest line, he goes, now I could see if I was saying this to you at the grocery store, how this would bother you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not at the grocery store. You're at the comedy store. Are you seriously thinking I'm for real? <laughs> it was so fucking funny. I mean, he's like, I go watch him to learn, like, because mm-hmm. he what not to do. <laughs> well, I'm but what, well, I mean, <laughs> well, he has one joke about Louis C.K. that I know if it gets a laugh, they're on board. If it doesn't, that's when problems arise for him. Yeah, it's a pretty hardcore joke <laughs> about Louis and. Uh, but he always gets the crowd back. That's what I go. Like sometimes I'll lose the crowd on whatever, an eighties joke that half the crowd wasn't alive for. And they're like, you know, how do I get him back? And he always gets them back. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. I love that dude. I always watch him. Oh, he's, he's got like, a great mustache right now. Oh, he's got like this porno seventies porn stash and the, the baggy pants with the four jackets <laughs> yeah. layered. I mean, every comic should watch Brian Holtzman, whether you right. are an alternative comic, a mainstream comic or whatever. I mean, that's how you do it. He commits. And if you guys are listeners of this podcast, you'll recognize Holtzman from the uh, Eleanor Kerrigan episode where she told a fantastic fucking story mm-hmm. about Brian Holtzman. But oh, yeah. I mean, he like commits. Yeah, dude. And that's like, sometimes even I don't commit because I'm scared. Uh, he but didn't he go to Vietnam? I could believe it. I think he went to Vietnam, so I, can't, I imagine. Yeah, it's a that, that's a fearless man. That's earned his fearlessness. <laughs> <laughs> He's not faking it. Uh, I could watch him do his weather girl bit mm-hmm. forever. He just talks about the weather girls in LA TV just being whores. And- <laughs> <laughs> but he really goes into it. Like yeah. I would just say that and be satisfied with that laugh you guys gave. Yeah. <laughs> he goes deeper. He goes, starts describing them. And yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I relate to Holtzman's writing. A lot. Yeah, he's a great writer, though. Like, yeah. yeah, I would literally stop the joke, like I just call mm-hmm. him whores and move on. He goes like for another five minutes mm-hmm. into talking about you know. <laughs> various things he would like to do to them. <laughs> so. Let's do uh, the gripe of the week. It's the gripe of the week. It's, it's the, the gripe, gripe of, of the week. week. Hillary Thomas Blaney's gripe of the week is people who cheer for teams in which they have no connections. People who always come, or yeah, that's one of, oh, she has two of them. She's a two-parter. And then people who always complain how busy they are, but they're always constantly posting on social media. That would be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. are you super busy but always on instagram i'm not super busy i'm just faking it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well yeah but sometimes you're very busy with shit that has a lot of waiting you know what like you you're waiting to see a doctor waiting at the dmv waiting to do this waiting to do that and you're like busy all day but you have a lot of time screen time oh yeah i you see know? what you're saying you can mm-hmm. be busy you're waiting for an audition or whatever or writing jokes like yeah. for two hours before you guys came here that's what i was doing but yeah. i was still answering your messages, messages. instantly just because you know i mean writing we all know it's writing jokes is time consuming but mm-hmm. like you can 
possibly do something else at the same time that might make it appear you're not busy. Right. I see what you're saying. Are either one of you fans of a team that you have no connection to? Yeah, Green Bay Packers. They're my favorite. Well, I never lived in Wisconsin. Yeah, but you like them because your dad likes them. Yeah, but he never lived in Wisconsin either. Well, you still have more of a connection. It's really your dad she's complaining about. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, what are you, do you have a team? I'm a that you Steeler like? guy, but that's it, this is going to get back to my wacky upbringing. My dad was b- best friends with the owner of the Steelers, Art Rooney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it, 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 I know it's a crazy. Like, can you tell everybody who your dad is, just so they? Can oh, he's just. A, I mean, he's not. His name's James Skakel. You know, if you look up James Skakel Life Magazine, you'll, you'll see like the article and the pictures. But uh, so each year the Steelers would win a Super Bowl. Art Rooney would send me an. A game used Super Bowl ball what? autographed by the whole team. Now, not to make wow. this a sports podcast, but uh, in the 70s Steelers, they had out of their 22 starters, nine Hall of Famers. Let's see how many I can name just for fun. Okay, do Terry it. Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, yes. Lynn Swan, yes. Stallworth, yes. Mean Joe Green, yes. Um, fuck. That's five, so there's four more. There's four more. Mean Joe Green. I don't want to take up too much more time if I can't think of one anymore. Fuck, I hit a wall. God damn it. Uh, Donnie Shell, who's a cornerback. Yep. Uh, Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt. Cornerback. Oh, yeah. um, and then Elsie uh, Greenwood. And I believe it was Dwight White. It was a, the Steel Curtain. I, w- I would have never gotten Elsie Greenwood or Dwight White. That's not. But I mean, that's yeah. too. Uh, well, that's pretty good, though, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> Brian's time capsule of sports knowledge. <laughs> you, you can never. You know, now there's a salary cap in every league. That, yeah, of course. That salary cap for the 70s. Steelers would have been $200 million. Yes. But so I would get four Super Bowl balls I got, nine Hall of Fame autographs on each one. I would go, I was such a loser. I had a brick, I had two brothers and two sisters, so five total, but we were all kind of lone wolves. Mm-hmm. So I would get these balls, I'd look at them for about two seconds, and then I'd throw them against a brick wall that was a uh, perfect distance, and it would bounce back to me. I would play catch with myself. With you these, rubbed all those yeah. signatures off. Now these balls, if they were in mint oh condition. My God. Each ball would be at least a hundred grand. Oh my god! Because wow. you know, uh, yeah, you, know, you don't got to tell me why. I know why. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's crazy that I had probably, you know, give or take anywhere from two to four hundred thousand dollars worth of sports memorabilia that I ruined. Nine Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're a kid though. You know. Oh yeah, but I just fuck now. At the age of fifty, I wish I kept those fucking football. <laughs> <laughs> I thought her pet peeve was like, like I'm a Steeler fan. So like when the Steelers are out, I don't care who wins the Patriots in the Rams game. I really don't care. Right. Right. I, th- I thought that was uh, being a sports fan of a team. People who cheer for teams in which they have no connections. Oh, okay. So, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love all the Boston teams. So I was born in Maine, but I, uh, yeah, the Green Bay Packers. I've, my dad always says whenever anybody's like, oh, you're from Wisconsin? Because he's from Maine. He goes, yeah, I'm from Kenosha. He always lies. <laughs> Just, this is what... So the conversation ends there? Yes, yeah. exactly. Laura Layson's gripe of the week is Uber drivers that overshare. Yeah, you don't have to limit that to Uber drivers. Yeah, anybody, comics. Anybody overshares. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I agree. I don't, I don't need to know who your wife cheated on you with if I met you for two seconds ago. Yeah, I get enough of that in the comedy world. Yeah, <laughs> Uber. yeah I don't like Uber drivers who talk a lot. Yeah. Just, I just want to get to my... And I, and I get it. I get that they're in the car all day and they're bored and stuff. 
but I feel like if you, cause I, I'll chat, I'll chat with them. I have no, my, I don't have no problem chatting with them, but if you get in a car and, and somebody's clearly, you got to pick up on the signals, man. Right. Some people, not everybody wants to chatty Kathy with you, you know, God bless headphones, man. <laughs> Christian busy's his gripe of the week is coworkers that microwave leftover fish in the break room. Yeah, that's brutal. I, I, I'm with you on that one. That was, that's disgusting. It's, it's fish and, uh, and burnt popcorn are the two worst smells you can put in a communal area. I mean, I've seen that at the comedy. Well, I mean, I've done that microwave fish at the comedy store, but it's like those healthy things that get a pink dot, but it doesn't stink up the place. I think that's the whole thing is like when you stink the place up, like if you're getting a lean cuisine that has like, like that mystery salmon or whatever the fuck it is, it stinks so bad. And then everybody that's working in that area has to be subjected to that fucking stench. That's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. The, the food situation with coworkers is insane. People, I mean, I've had so many jobs where people just ate my food or just reheated the stinkiest shit. Ugh, I can't stand other people. <laughs> yeah, I really can't. That's why I want to just be my own boss. You, you should know? work at the comedy store then. Yeah. Just where you have to deal with mass amounts of people. <laughs> yeah. Like even that guy who like tried to get in the other night in front of you and Amir kind of like put the kibosh on it. I guess he had done something he was like a Mexican, like oh the big, big dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he kept trying to rope me into it. I was like, I'm sorry, there's nothing that I can do. If the security guy says you can't come in, you just fucking can't come in. And I found out why it was. I found out it was because he had started shit with Guam on a previous visit. Okay. And then Guam was like, I don't want that fucking guy here. So then the security was like, All right, well, whenever he's here, we won't let him in. And then he had he had already came in. He was at a show in the belly room. He came outside to smoke. Oh. And then they all saw him and so so then they were like no you can't get you can't come back in so then he was like he kept trying to he kept thinking it was a mirror that wasn't letting him back in but it was really because of uh, an altercation that he had with guam the hero that died in the line of fire to save us all during (laughs) active shooter who do you guys think got it fish that's disgusting yeah i think that's yeah yeah that is disgusting yeah i mean even though you've done it don't don't do but that. But I mean, the fish I'm getting is, I, I think she's talking more or less about like someone who makes fish at their home and then the next day. Yeah, it's leftover fish. Yeah, leftover fish. Is, I've never done that. But at the comedy store kitchen, there's so many forms of smell, B.O., desperation. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chicken tenders. Yeah. Someone bummed out. They fucked someone who's there. <laughs> you know, that there's, you know, bad fish is the least of the smells. <laughs> yeah. So Christian Bizzies, you get great for the week, baby. Earl, thanks so much for being on. Oh, I love you guys. I where, wish- do, where do people find Gerald? It's very obviously the comedy store. Yeah, the mm-hmm. comedy store a few <laughs> times a week. Uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's just at Earl Skakel, E A R L S K A K E L, and then uh, you know inappropriate Earl podcast, which I guess you now have to say is on Apple Podcast. I've been telling everyone it's on iTunes. Oh, it's not. Well, is that the words? That's the that's the semantics now. Well, someone reported me for a music violation. What? So I've been, uh, yeah, I, I've, I think it was a roast battle comic, because uh, I was very, high, I'm not, I have to, I was highly rated on the charts for like a year, and then 
one day I was number eight in iTunes comedy. I go on to check the next day and I was off the charts completely. So I emailed iTunes and they're like, you have to go to Apple Podcasts because they do. So it's, so I guess if you have a podcast on iTunes, direct them to Apple Podcasts. Oh, I didn't know that. So make sure you guys check out Inappropriate Earl, yes. which I've done. And it's actually very fun. You've been a guest. I you have. will be a guest. Great. I'd love to. Because you keep it real. I do. <laughs> like, I try, I don't know how you guys operate, but I try and have people on I want to talk to. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> yes. uh, this, like, is, this is the first time we've broken from that, actually. Yeah, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, like, some podcasts will have someone on they don't necessarily like. Because they, you know, Ooh, I see. I don't, that I don't get. Because how are you going to fake like someone for an hour I will say this Carmen has gotten guests on our show that I thought I didn't like and then we sit down and talk and I'm like oh no I like that person yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's like, very true yeah. <laughs> when I'm like see it's not as bad as you thought oh, there's very few people who are as bad as you think they are yeah but there's some who are even worse yeah it's <laughs> very true well, we won't get it we won't get it I mean, I'm all about uh, positivity in my life boy. I just think you've turned over great. a new leaf I have you know, I, I, you know, I hold grudges, which, you know, but uh, you get it out in your slap shot. No, I, I take boxing now and I think of every roast battle come. Oh, did I just say roast? <laughs> like, uh, it, it's a good way yeah. to relieve. You know, I find the karma comes back and will get them for me. Well, well thank you. Uh, it's a beautiful smirk. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you spread the word. Tell everybody about us. No sir pod at gmail.com. If you guys want to email us gripes yourself or email us to contact us in general. And you can also go to no sir Listen to archived episodes. Follow us on all the assorted social media at no sir pod at Brian J. Vokey at the funny Carmen. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm also going to be at Cobbs in San Francisco on March 6th at the Throckmorton and Hill Valley on March 5th. Uh, yeah, just all our European listeners. Which, uh, I'll be there in Germany and uh, Switzerland and Prague in May. So uh, get in touch and I'll let you know all the dates. Please. Thank you guys so much for listening. All right, bye. Bye-bye. No, sir, I don't like it. 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 No sir, I don't like it. No sir, I don't like it. What the fuck is the fucking man? What the fuck is the